Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's the corner where the treats is is this the the passing of the torch, right? Is this what this signifies? It, it comes down to that that front office and what they feel is most important. The champ is here. We've touched down from a higher plane. Why you made it here? We always look forward to that week because it was always intense. You know that we ain't coming back. We got to the man, the myth, the legend, Dante Hall. My 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 favorite player growing up was Dante Hall. I love you guys, show, but Dante was my guy. Get to dashing because you done on the war feet. This episode of Chief Concerns is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Chief Concerns post-game show. I'm Marcus Dash, and I'm here with my guy, Lance. Lance, I hope you had a beautiful Thanksgiving, and I think this is a nice way to cap off Thanksgiving weekend with a, with a dub, an ugly dub, but a dub nonetheless. Lance, how you doing, buddy? Doing good. I guess I did so much eating this week that I decided to eat for the Chiefs because they didn't do much eating today on the <laughs> offensive side especially, but you know what? You're right. It is a it is a victory, nevertheless. The Chiefs now move nine to two, nine and two, with one real true challenge left of the rest of the schedule that I'm sure that we'll talk about as the time goes on. But yeah, man, it was uh it was definitely a very ho hum victory today, and I'm sure we'll have plenty to break down in the upcoming moments. Yeah, yeah, but our guy, uh, former tight end, uh, Chiefs tight end Jason Dunn, will be joining us. Uh, obviously, you guys know JD likes to make his grand entrance later on in the show, but he'll be joining us shortly. Um, yeah, so I mean. A lot of things to go over. I know uh, someone called us out last week because you know we were looking for things to talk about, and it was you know all good. And we 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 obviously point out some of the, the, the negatives because there's, there's there's always things to talk about, right? There's always you can always find the negatives. We're not a perfect team by any means. Um, although I think we I think we all feel we are. But um, I want to start off with something that we've talked about in the show last week was kind of a big deal for us uh, was finding a punt returner. Um, and yeah, we could talk about how amazing Mahomes and Kelsey are, and, and and even so, the red zone woes we have today, which we'll get to that as another nugget. But the punt returners become such an issue. Um, and I think today also the, the special teams as a whole this year has been kind of the worst we've seen in a really long time in the Reed era. And I think we've talked about that before. But you know, we had the fake punt pass. This is a team that's desperate, trying to win at all costs. They have a third string quarterback in there, so they're gonna try to figure out other ways to get first downs. You get the fake punt pass. Mm-hmm. You know, Sky Moore, uh, uh, the the muff punt. Um, I think it's third or fourth of a season. Uh, I think third, I believe. Right. I actually think it's his fourth. Fourth muff punt. Awful. Um, we don't have a punt. We don't have another punt return. And Justin Watson comes in there. Hey, man, I'll take a fair catch all day long. If he's never going to return it, as long as he fair catches it and doesn't muff it, I'll take that all day long. We have an offense who doesn't need a punt return to take it to the house. We don't need that. 
we have an offense that, that can do that that can drive a whole length of field. We don't, we, you know, we're not stuck in the um, you know, a team that has a a, a guy like Jared Goff and they're as their quarterback, but they need a, a punt return to get him into field good field position. We have Mahomes, we're fine. Um, but that's this is pretty scary going to the playoffs without having a, a legitimate punt returner, a guy who we can trust back there who can feel the punt confidently. And that's one thing I'm really scared. We you know we talk about all the things. We have a lot of confidence going to the, uh, the postseason, number one seed. We have a lot of things going for us. That's one little small thing, which special teams comes up big in the, in the postseason. We saw McCall Hardman help us out in that Houston Texans game. You know, gives that little jolt of uh, you know some kind of life when we were down twenty four nothing. We don't really have that uh, in that punt. We don't have anybody who can just feel the punt. I'm just right now seeing this, uh, and I thought Sky would get the confidence last week. You know, get thrust into the offense, he would have the confidence. And you know, comes back out. He's not a punt returner, and that's fine. He's a great receiver, and we saw it today again. But he's not a punt returner, and that's where I'm just kind of like, kind of confused. What are your thoughts on this whole punt return situation? Yeah, the Chiefs have a real problem in special teams as a whole, but in particular, a punt returner. Uh, biggest reason why is because, as you said, you know, they don't have a guy right now. They usually do. And he's been one of the more durable players over the last three, four years, and it's been McCole Hardman. The problem is he's on the IR right now, but the biggest issue is, is even before he was on the IR, the Chiefs reluctantly put him at punt return, which I don't understand for the life of me. He is clearly the most suitable guy on this roster to do punt returns. And to your point, the Chiefs don't need any miracle. They don't need a Deion Sanders or a Tyreek Hill or an Antonio Brown back there. They just need a guy that gets them. If he's going to return it, just get them 8 to 15 yards and just put Patrick Mahomes in the best position possible and play it safe. I'm good with a guy like Justin Watson right now just going back there, and if it's in good territory, just a fair catch it and just give Patrick Mahomes the damn ball because you can't have a guy out there that is continuously giving the other team second wind and second life by giving them the ball right back when your defense is at a three and out. It is mm. unacceptable. I can understand if it happens once. Maybe even twice, but when it has happened more than three or four times in a single season, and you're just now halfway over the halfway through the season, and that is on coaching. Andy Reid and Dave Tobe have over 40 years of NFL coaching experience under their belt, and they continually put the wrong guy in the wrong position. McCole Hartman's out, so that's an excuse, but he wasn't your guy to begin with. You were putting Sky Moore out there week one, week two. That is not okay. This guy is clearly a receiver. He is so confident on the field when he's out there lined up in the slot, lined up out wide. He is confident. You see that this guy is a contributor. When he's in special teams, he looks lost. He mm -hmm. looks like you or I out there, Marcus, and I know you play a little football, but I would imagine it'd be hard for us to return punts right now in the NFL because of the way that ball moves. You have to be have, you have to have somebody out there that understands the way the ball is moving. It's a lot different than catching a pass, as we all know. That thing is flying all – it's a knuckleball coming down. Just have somebody that has reliable hands that gets your offense on the field. That's not asking much, especially from what I believe is the best coaching staff in the entire league. They should have this figured out by week 11 and week 12, man. This is not acceptable. McCole being down, I get it. But that wasn't even your guy to start with. You guys need to figure this out. Play it safe because this is the best offense in football. All you got to do is just make sure they get the ball on a consistent basis, not give extra possessions to the other team. Yeah, to your point, uh, in high school, I was a punt returner and kick returner. Um, more comfortable with kick returns, I, I I did not like fielding punts. Uh, they liked me back there, so I was, I was sure-handed, but that ball was coming in. I would I, I prefer to give it give it some space so I could catch it off the bounce. I did not like catching it on the catch. And then you know, having to, that, that's one of the hardest positions to, you know, to. that's why it's like you can't just throw anybody in that position. That's why, like, I'm seeing this like, guy more. It's obviously that he's not comfortable doing this, so let's yeah. not put him in that situation. And plus, you know, going into last week, 
everyone was kind of down on him. We really hadn't seen him get much reps on offense. People were down on him because of what we saw on special teams. He's not a punt returner. He's a receiver, and we've seen that over the last two weeks. He's a legitimate receiver, yeah. and he's going to have a good position on this team for a while, being our possession guy, being our middle-of-the-field guy. I can't wait to see him grow and progress in the offense, but punt return is not his thing. Um, but, but sticking with Sky Moore, um, I think today, and I think outside of that, that first drive with Kelsey, I think Sky Moore is our best receiver today. I mean, well, you had MVS drop two passes, um, and – we're putting MVS in positions that he's not like that one, that one where uh, everyone was laughing about how Pat bulleted that, that rifled it to him uh, right before halftime. That's not MVS's thing. MVS is a deep ball guy. That's it. We're trying to put him in, fit him in like puzzle pieces that he's not. You can't really fit that peg in that hole. He's a deep threat guy. He's not really going to catch those tough ones. That was never his thing in uh, green Bay. So we're trying to fit him in that. And yeah, he had, he had, he had a nice catch towards the end of that game. Um, we caught him and, and a defender came and, and hit him, but, I don't really like the way we're using MVS. He's a deep threat guy, and I, let's see, use him in that. He's not really a possession guy. Um, but Sky Moore looked like the to me. He looked like the best receiver we had to, out there today. I mean, what were your thoughts on Sky Moore, the receiver, not the punt returner today? Uh, yeah, I would say that Sky Moore definitely looked like the best receiver out there, and I think it has a lot to do with how he's playing and both the fact that Juju is working his way back from a concussion. And to Juju's credit, I think he had three three catches on one possession. He started to get in, into a rhythm, so you're seeing Juju work his way back. Um, I don't think people realize how, how difficult of a uh, of an injury a concussion is to work back, man. That that affects everything that your body does on a, on a daily to you know week to week basis. So seeing him back was a great thing, and I thought that Juju had a pretty decent game considering that. But yes, yeah, Sky Moore was the guy that was all over the field tonight. Um, you, and, and to your point about MVS, I will say this: um, you're right. It, it, stylistically, he was playing out of out of position. Uh, that's not really his his go-to, his bread and butter. He, we we know he's a burner. He's not a guy that's going to do these little five-yard slant patterns. He's not going to be a guy that's out there, you know, with a massive route tree. So so understanding his lane, the problem is the Chiefs are just a little limited right now at wide receiver, given you know a McCole Harmon and Kadarius Tony. They're burners, guys that can run, you know, those slant patterns and take it to the house, those little bubble screens, those little jet sweeps. Those guys being out, it does make it a little bit more tricky for the Chiefs to find space. And that is where Sky Moore came into the equation tonight. You saw him multiple times finding the zone. What I my favorite play is when Patrick drew out to the right side. I think it was in the second quarter, if I'm not mistaken. And Sky Moore had a, a normal route to the outside, saw that there was double, there was two defenders right there, decided to go back to the middle of the field, run upward to give Patrick Mahomes another option in the middle of the field. That's a veteran play right there, man. This is a guy that's got less than 10, 11 games in his NFL career to this point. And like you said, has had limited snaps to this point of his career as well to see him make that kind of play to have that kind of composure that kind of poise and go out there and make that kind of play in a big moment like that I, I think that's uh, that's a sign for good things to come when it comes to his connection with Patrick Mahomes and his ability to improvise in an offense that a lot of times for better or worse relies on their improvisational skills so yes mm -hmm. I was very impressed with Sky Moore and I think he's definitely a building block to this offense and getting even more versatility in this offense as the season progresses yeah, and I think the beauty about Sky Moore is that he's got such good hands that he can be the middle of field possession guy, but also he's so quick and kind of a shifty type of guy where you can give him the the the, the jet motion, you know, the, the the pitch play that we do with Hardman. So he was doing a little bit of Hardman stuff and a little bit of in, in the middle of the field stuff, which Hardman it's not really that guy. Hardman's yeah. not going across the middle of catching the, the, those balls that Sky Moore can catch. And it's your point the um his whole redirect the uh the scramble drill, you know, you know when. Plays break down. Mahomes rolls right, rolls left. He's doing that. He's, I mean, that his growth 
from going from Western Michigan, which they probably, I, mean, I didn't watch a lot of Mac games. I, I, I watched some action games during the week, but um, I'm sure there was not a lot of that scramble drill type stuff going on in Western Michigan. Um, and so to come, you know, week 12, he's really, I mean, he's really getting into this offense and uh, on our, Past this past week, we had a topic on the show is when those other guys get back, will Sky Moore have a role in this offense? And I think it's pretty obvious where that where that's headed. I mean, he's going to have a definite role. Um, I don't know what his role will be defined as, but he's definitely going to have a some somewhat of a role when everyone's back and healthy, and hopefully soon uh, with Tony and those guys. Um, running game. Uh, everyone's been talking about hashtag Free Rojo for a really long time, uh, for the last few weeks, and we got to see him in. And I got to say, only a few carries in the game, but he looked he looked like. That guy was – he had a mission. He was pissed off. He was running angry. I think he had that one catch where he, uh, um, that was his first touch. Then, you know, he had a couple, like, you know, a couple of handoffs for a couple a couple yards here and there. He looked good. Um, he, he was running straight, uh, getting yards. What did you think about Rojo? And obviously Pacheco looked like a badass too. I do want to ask J.D. a question about uh, Pacheco though. Towards the end of that game, he was getting kind of blown up, like big time blown up on some of, some of those um, on those carries. He was getting – and I hadn't seen any other running back get nailed like that. And he was, it was consistently at three or four tackles in a row. Where he got nailed. I want to know if he's running, if JD thinks he's running too straight up on some of some of his runs. And I know he gives it all on his runs. And I want to know if he's, if he's getting, if his pad level is a little too high. And that's why he's getting knocked around a little bit. Um, I'm yeah. curious to ask JD on that one. Yeah, no, and I'll say this about when it comes to Pacheco and how he's getting hit. I think a lot of it also had to do with the fact that the Rams knew what was coming because the game was coming to an end and the Chiefs were going to play very conservative. They didn't want to try to, you know, upstage the Rams that just Andy Reid's way. I would have preferred if the Chiefs just tried to put another touchdown in the end zone, but that's just me. Um, but yeah, he was getting teed off on. They, they, the defense knew what was coming, so they just had missiles heading his way, and he didn't do himself any favors because in the in the scrum, you see his chest is way up. He's not yeah. bending down. He's not bracing yeah. with those shoulder pads, and he's getting he, he's getting beat up by these NFL veterans. That's a that's a rookie thing. That's something that rookies. If you look throughout the league, a lot of rookie running backs struggle with that because they get excited and they're looking up the field. They're trying to see where the hole is, mm-hmm. and they're just they're not focusing on what's right in front of them, and they get destroyed. Uh, there was a few of those hits, man. I ain't gonna lie. I was like, gosh, if he doesn't get up, yeah, it would not shock me. He bu- he bumped right back up. And this dude was out there running around getting ready for the next play. I was very impressed by what I saw from Pacheco. I think he only ended up with like three and a half yards per carry. But that again, a lot of that was because of the end of the game. Everybody knew what was coming. They just there wasn't nothing really meaningful coming from it. The majority of the game, though, he looked incredible. He got another touchdown, his second of the season. I think it was his first touchdown since week one, if I'm not mistaken. So it was really good to see Pacheco get back in the touchdown column. When it comes to my guy Rojo, I say my guy because this is something I've been wanting to see all season long. I love Clyde Edwards Hilaire, but I think it's time to move on from that. I know that he'll be on the IR. By I think week 16, he should be back, but I would hope that the Chiefs continue to go with the Rojo uh, mojo because of the fact that I think you saw tonight, although he only had five touches, he had 34 yards. This guy had five touches for 34 yards, and 22 of those came off a catch. And this is so funny to me how people have always said he's not a guy that can catch out of the backfield. That's exactly what he did tonight. His biggest play tonight was out of the backfield catching the ball and extending drives. He had, th- I think, three first downs. He had three first downs for the Chiefs tonight. So I... I, I know that Rojo is not a guy that people are going to say this is a running back one, but what you're seeing from him is a guy that was ready to hit it out the gate. He's been waiting all season long for his opportunity. Once he got it, he made the most of it. And I really liked what I saw from uh, both Pacheco and Rojo tonight. And I think that's one hell of a complimentary piece to add to the equation. I do think, however, though, as much as I like Rojo, as I like McKinnon, I love Clyde, 
I do think the Chiefs need to really center the rushing attack around Pacheco exclusively because he's clearly he's separating himself from the pack. The way he runs, you're hearing Greg Olson and former other other uh, longtime NFL players talk about his foot movement, the way he moves his hips, the way the moment is so – everything looks like it's in slow motion for him at times where he's able to avoid because as many big hits as he took at the end of the game, he avoided a lot of other big hits earlier in the game. So I like what I'm seeing from Pacheco. He's still got some polishing to do, but that is expected from a rookie running back, let alone a seventh-round rookie running back. When It's impressive as hell to think that a seventh-round running back has now become the exclusive back for the best offense and the best team in the NFL. It's props to him, man. Mad props to him, and I, and I really think the Chiefs have something special there. Yeah, um, I agree. His running style reminds me of um, Justin Farkas, uh, old Raiders running back. He was, uh, I think, a second or third round pick for at a USC. He he gave his life on, on, on some of his runs. He was another guy who ran straight up. He gave his he would die for. I mean, you probably remember him. I mean, oh yeah, he would he, he, would, he would die. There was times he looked like like he was, he was a guy going to be a star, but durability was his thing. He was, he would he would throw his body out on some of the runs, and it's like I kind of see Pacheco. I'm like, oh shoot, like and like you know, uh, we got our guy Jason Dunn coming on here. I'm going to ask him about that uh, that comparison to go see what he thinks. But JD. How are you doing, buddy? Happy What's Thanksgiving, up, again, my man. Happy Thanksgiving, man. It's Happy Thanksgiving, my brother. How's everything going? Everybody doing all right? Everybody's doing good, especially over here because I had a lot of mac and cheese this week. Shout out oh. to JD. You know, it's his favorite dish. So I just wanted to say that. You know, I've had a, I've had a ton of that. So we, I ate enough for both of us, JD. So you don't have to worry about it. I got you. Good. I, I know you got me covered on that, man. But I told you, my daughter, man, she made some. It was it was fine. So I, I told you, my daughters, you know, people I know, you know, mac and cheese around here. I know she, but she gets in there. She I'm talking about slamming. But my daughters cook. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. So what's going so, on? What are we talking about here? What was what's, what's happening? So we start off the show by talking about the punt return. Uh, this is an issue that we've talked about for a really long time about that punt returning issue, um, and just Scott, basically about Sky Moore and the punt return facet, but also Sky Moore, his how he's taking on a new role and taking on his or his, his role is kind of emerging on offense. Two weeks in a row of being like kind of a go-to guy for Patrick and crucial downs, uh, but then <coughs> contrasting from his punt return. So we'll start off with punt return. What do you? What, we need to fix that punt return issue. I mean, we need to find someone a bit back there who's like, who's like catch the ball. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, it's dire. You know, to be honest with you, I, but I, I think it's gonna that's gonna change the course with Tony coming back. You know, saying uh, Army coming back as well. Uh, I think he's just a guy that you, you you're putting in there uh, until you actually come in. Um, you know, those guys get back right. So he, I mean, he. The thing is, man. You, you think he has reliable hands and you securing the ball, right? That's a lot of the punt returns, securing the ball. You want to get returns, but you got to have a guy back there that can absolutely come in and secure the football. And, it, you know, him muffing the punt, I guess. Uh, full disclosure, man, I, I didn't get to see all the game. I, I was in and out watching some of the game. I know you there kind of texted me that, you know, he muffed the punt, uh, which is kind of that's shocking. But you have to have somebody back there reliable. And if he's not going to be a reliable guy back there, and that's all you need to do is secure the punt, uh, find somebody that can, right? I mean, do you use a position, like I said, like uh, an Ely or somebody back there to secure that? Um, but like I said, if, if it's something that you know, like Darius Tony is coming back next week, you know, hey, then, you, you know, don't, don't worry about it, okay? You just kind of move on from it. Yeah. Uh, okay. And, and then, and that's one thing I was like, I saw him off the plane. I even tweeted, I was like, okay, 
He's not a punt return. That's fine. And I remember a couple, week, a couple weeks ago, before he had his role in offense, people were saying, oh, this guy's trash. He's garbage. It's like, oh, he was a bust. It's like, okay, no, he's not a punt return. He's a receiver, and we've seen that over the last two weeks, how he is an NFL receiver, and he's a badass. Um, yeah. Talk to us about what you're seeing from him, se- second week of really seeing him uh, with uh, the, the ones on a, on, a, on a consistent basis. What did you see from him today, the kind of the growth uh, with Sky Moore on offense? I mean, you see it. You see the emergence of Sky Moore. And a lot of it, the opportunities are coming because guys are hurt, right? And sometimes you just, you're not afforded that because you got guys in front of you. It's going to always be hard for you to get snaps. And so he was kind of unfortunate because he was behind some great guys in front of him. You know, Juju, guys are playing in the same position. Uh, and so sometimes these things happen because of the unfortunate situations with guys being uh, injured. But him, this is why we drafted him. We knew what he had in his bag. We knew he was a great route runner. We knew he has good hands. Uh, he could get open. He, you know, he's, he's he's real slick. He can move around really good. Uh, but I, I like him in a one-on-one matchups. I really do. He's a guy that's going to challenge the ball. He's going to catch the football with his hands. Uh, so that's what I love about him. Uh, but like I said, that, that those things are opportunities come because guys are hurt, right? Now we kind of need to see it. Now you don't have to call him a bust. Well, you know, he's a second-round pick. Sometimes guys don't really get to start, especially if you got guys that, that are in there, right? Like we brought Juju in. We knew Harmon was going to be here. MVS, you know, we get in, in free agency as well. Um, and so he was just a man uh, loading on the total pole. That's, that's kind of what it was. But this is promising, right? Now we, we're talking about maybe going in the future, what it's going to look like. Now we know we got a reliable guy, especially receiver-wise, that can run routes. And, and Patrick, he trusts him. So that's that's beautiful. That's a beautiful place to be at, man. So, I'm, I, and look, I'm, I'm so happy for the guy coming out here and actually showing what he can do. Especially, you know, when I've been in a position, you know, being a second-round pick, you know, sometimes things are weighing on you. And then you hear from all these other people, you know, this and that and stuff, right? But Shoot, man, he, he's 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 playing phenomenal football right now. Yeah. Um, another thing we talked about. Um, well, we actually didn't really get into this, but uh, red zone offense. We going into this game, we were the number one red zone team uh, in the league. Uh, today, one of six uh, in the red zone. Um, pretty rough. Um, I, I I think it was the the last the, one of the last drives. We did the um, we have we we had a really cute play, fun play. It was this double double pass. Sky Moore gets yeah. it, throws it back to Mahomes. Mahomes, you know, it, it was an incomplete pass. I think he had Kelsey there for like a quick second. Um, but I think Ramsey was baiting him to throw it to, to, to Kelsey. But, yeah. I mean, just, just run the ball. I mean, uh, that, that's what I would say. But it's obviously bigger than just running the ball. What, what was what was your takeaway from the red zone offense today? And another thing, people think the Rams are scrubs. While the Rams, you know, have some injuries, Rams still have a good shell of a good defense still. So that's, that's not – that's not, that, that's not some slouch defense. So record-wise, it's still a good defense. So I mean, I, I want people, people should know that it's a good defense that we played against today. But what did you think about our red zone offense today, JD? What did you see? I mean, I, I thought it was atrocious. I mean, I, I really did. Uh, plays didn't necessarily work, but like you said, I, this is where I stand. I'm gonna be completely honest here with 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 where I'm at. You have to run the football. You have to be an effective. Uh, a productive team running the football down in the red zone. And it, and, it, and it really boils down to guys getting a clicks in the ground and you got to be dedicated to run the football in short yard and in, 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 in the red zone. If you're not close to the, to, the, to the goal, can you hear me? Yeah, there you are. Yeah, you went out for a second. Okay. I don't know. Sure. Maybe I was getting too hyped. I may, may be. <laughs> Maybe. But listen, I was thinking about this, but it, you have to run the ball. You have to run the football. 
And even if it's look, do the passing plays, you know, on third down. Okay. Matter of fact, if you're down there, why not play action? Bring the big guys in. I seen Saunders come in, play action off of it the very first time. I'm like, well, this is a perfect chance to do the play action, right? Why not go ahead and do it? But you know, we 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 like to throw the football down there. Uh, and so if you want to get chunks, you want to get yards, bring some big boys in, come off the football, start smacking people in the mouth. Period. You, you have to do it. I mean, look, we got Checker who's running as hard as you possibly got running the NFL right now. You know, Rojo came in. Shoot, you got another guy that can be able to run the football. You know, I mean, McKinnon, I just think you just got to get guys a shot. You have to. Yeah. And look, up front, you, these guys, I guarantee the offensive line, they want to absolutely deplete and come off the football with these guys. So I mean, it's just, you have to, you have to, you have to really. When I'm telling you, you know, be dedicated running the football down in the red zone from the ten on end. You have to do it. You have to do it. Uh, and and uh, Taja, when we were saying, look, these guys get paid too. You know, you got the best the defensive tackle in the league. One of the, you know, of course, him and Chris. But I mean, Aaron Jones is uh, Aaron Donald. I'm sorry, Aaron Jones. Aaron Donald, man, he, he's a, I mean, he's 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 a beast out there. You know, you know, you know, you got a double team that guy. You know, he's gonna beat you off the off the ball. But you run straight at him. That's what you have to do. You got a double team come straight at him and run the football right at this guy. But I mean, they got a good defense. These guys get paid. This is NFL. I don't care. Ain't nobody gonna be a slouch on any Sunday. I don't care who it is. So I know everybody's like, oh, we don't. I don't know what the words was used. Uh, um, something. But whatever it was, it's not gonna be just an easy task every Sunday. It's just not right. If anything, guys got an incentive. To not let you score points. Still, the Chiefs, they're like, you know, they're going in. You got a great uh, defensive coordinator. You got a great head coach on the other side of the ball. You know, you got a great, you know, cornerback in Ramsey. These guys are just not going to lay down for you. I don't care who you are, right? Especially Super Bowl Depths. There's still about a, a, there's a level of uh, uh, pride in the guy when you're out there playing in the NFL. I'm sorry. This is just how it works. So I don't care how many points you got. I don't care who's on the other side of the ball. My job is come out here and hit you in the mouth as hard as possible, not let you win. Period. So, uh, but that's it. That's it. You got to dedicate yourself running the football. One and six is just not good enough. It, it isn't. You know, it's not. Yeah, the the drive the Chiefs went up thirteen to three. Uh, you saw that on the final fifteen or the the previous fifteen plays, offensive plays for the Chiefs, there was only one running play. Uh, that's a problem. Uh, because of the fact that I understand that this is always going to be a pass-first offense as long as Patrick Mahomes is here. I understand that the Chiefs are going to be a team that win and lose because of Patrick Mahomes and what he's able to do, especially in the red zone. I think the Chiefs, to their credit, have 31 red zone touchdowns this season, 32 now if I'm not mistaken, which is the the highest in the NFL. But here's the thing, man. In games like this, the Chiefs, for whatever reason, decide to just go out there and try to play globetrotter-style football. And, it, and it's very frustrating. I know things are fun. The, the double play to Sky Moore to Patrick Mahomes and all that stuff, it was the most fun incompletion I've ever seen in my life. But it was an incompletion. It didn't work. And so you have to go back to the drawing board, and you have to go back to what is more methodical and what works. And what's frustrating to me, J.D., and, and you would know this better than I do, being a big tight end and knowing the Chiefs love to utilize their tight ends, what's frustrating to me 
is you have 6'5", Travis Kelsey, 6'5", Noah Gray, and 6'6", Jody Fortson, and you don't ever throw the, the the back to the corner of the end zone to let those big guys go up and get a ball, 50-50 ball. Honestly, that's a 75-25 ball, for being honest here, because those big dudes are going to get that ball 75-80% of the time. So I don't understand why if they're going to throw the ball, I'm okay with that, because I love seeing Patrick go out there and dominate and put up big numbers, things of that nature. But if you're not going to throw those types of passes that are more effective, then go and run the ball. and Because at that point of the game, the first First half of the game, the Chiefs were averaging 6.7 yards per carry. They were doing what they wanted whenever they wanted to in the run game. But for whatever reason, when they know they're about to go up big and they're about to do their thing and, you know, they're about to you know, let's put up some style points. I think I think a lot of times, and this comes down to coaching, I think a lot of times they get caught up in their own, like, press clippings because they know that they're about to have a highlight reel. This is gonna, this is about to play for the next three business days on SportsCenter and Get Up and FS1 and all these other shows. So they want to do something cool. And I get that because Andy Reid wants to reward his guys with fun. Because you saw Colin Saunders lined up, I think, at tight end on the play that Sean McVay called the tight end or the timeout on because he didn't want us to get shown up. Yet they still try to do crafty, cool, cute things. Guys, just go get the dub. I know this sounds weird coming from a fan who likes to see fun, cool plays like that when they work out. But at the end of the day, like this game wasn't over yet. And that's to me. I know that Andy's a guy that loves to respect the opposition, and I do believe he. I do believe he has genuine respect for anybody that's on the other side of the field. So cool. even more so, take them seriously in plays like that, and go at them straightforward, like you said, JD. Let your offensive lineman go up there and be physical and get a touchdown. So if the game's going to be over, be over by your own terms, not by some crafty BS that you know you're not going to use in games like next week against the Bengals. Use this game to get some stuff right, especially when you have missing pieces. That's my problem with that is because it just it's such a heavy eye roll when you see the Chiefs, like I said, go one, like you said, Marcus, go one for six in the red zone. I don't give a damn who you're playing or who the, what the record is. Under no circumstances can you have that kind of talent and that much that great of a coaching staff and go one for six at home in the red zone. It's unacceptable, man. By any means, by any stretch of the imagination, there's no reason in the world they should have went one for six. I know, again, this sounds like first world problems because we're sitting here crying about a 16-point victory. But there are things the Chiefs did in this game that do worry me if they try to do that again. We saw this back in 2020 and 2021 when they would struggle to score in the red zone. Mm -hmm. This season, it hasn't been a problem. So for whatever reason, they try to create their own problems, and, I, and it's it's very frustrating. I just really hope that they saw what they, what they did tonight in game film on Monday and Tuesday, and they go, yep, that's out the door, and they just don't do it anymore, man. Be more methodical and trust that your guy, Patrick Mahomes, and the talent around him can get it done on normal, basic run plays, pass plays. That's all I'm saying. Uh, well, uh, and, and that's absolutely 100%. And, and the thing is, you know, when you're sitting up and thinking about it, sometimes it's, it's just got to be, hey, look, we're going to line up, running right here, we're going to run it straight down your throat, period. You know, it's, it's, a, it's an attitude play. That's what it's all about, especially on the offensive line and, and the running backs, too. All those guys up front want to do it. They really do. And not take anything from Patrick. Look, he, like you said, he, hey, come on, man. We're the best quarterback in football, right? Like you said, it's post-up. If you don't throw the football, post-up big bodies. It's just post-up basketball for the big guys. It is down there, right? It is. One that Patrick throws the, the, uh, the interception, yeah, he probably should have went in and ran in. You know, he had a chance to get down a little bit closer. I said, that guy, that at a certain point, it's all about dropping your cojones and run the football. That's it. Like, look, we are coming right here off tackle. We run straight to Aaron Donald. Stop us. That's what we're going to do. And sometimes it's just got to be that. I mean, it, it has to be. And you've got to establish these things, I think, early because, you know, you're gonna, it's going to pay off for you later on, right? Like, you have to be able to do that. If you just become a passing team, then guess what? 
You're talking about tighter windows. It's much, you know, smaller down there in the, in the red zone, in, in the end zone area. So you know it, it has to be all about attitude, right? I mean, everything has to be very particular in the things that you're doing. So I just um, I just think that, you know, they just need to concentrate on it a little bit more. I get, you know, the passing, great at it. Hey, that's one thing that we're always going to be well. That's all we, we're always going to do good at, at passing the football. This establishing run with your running backs is where you have to go if you want to win the whole thing, right? Because teams are going to make you predictable. It's, it's going to be predictable when you're doing it. So I think we just need to get away from that and start concentrating a little bit more running the football, more attitude running the football, especially right there in the red zone. Uh, in, the, in, in the, you know, within the team. I will say um, something that was interesting. That I can't remember the last time that we had one running back. I think it was kind of go back to 2020 where one running back on our team had more than 20-plus carries in a game. I think that was the uh, the, the Bills – I want to say it was a Bills-Chiefs game where uh, CH had 23 carries, and we had 22 carries tonight um, with Pacheco getting 22 carries. So – there was more of an effort. And I don't know how much of that was at the end of the game. We're just trying to milk the clock. I mean, he did get like five, five or six carries in that last, like those last two minutes there. So maybe it was a little, um, had a little buffer there because of that. Um, I do want to ask you, JD. Um, last few, like last few uh, drives, not a few drives, the last few plays. Pacheco was getting kind of blown up, and he, he's he's an angry runner, but he was kind of yeah. getting blown up there. And I want to ask you, um, I couldn't tell. But from what you saw, is he running a little too high? Is his pad level a little too high? Because I feel like he was getting blown up big time. I think uh, just with his height, uh, he's he already has like a low center of gravity. So it may look like he's standing up, but that's just how he's, you know, that that's his running style. Mm. Um, I, shoot. I mean, these guys, you know, at that at that end, it's all about kind of stripping the football, right? Hitting the guy and trying to get as much as possible. Maybe dislodging the ball. That's what you're doing. You're trying to go and hit the ball. So guys are going to kind of hit you a little and make sure they hit it up high. But, you know, him, you know, trying to get the extra yards and just running. I mean, he's, like I said, he's a hard runner. He really is. You know, I like, you know, me, I, I like a lot more, you know, traps, powers, doing some things, kind of man on man, coming off the football. You know, we do a lot of zone. I like a little bit more, you know, guys kind of pulling, getting up in, inside and, and kicking some guys out. I, I, I like that style of football. And so I, I split zone, if we do split zone, mid zone, whatever we, we're running, uh, which is good. But sometimes, like I said, it's, it's just coming off the football, maybe some cross blocks here and there, right? I mean, it just – that's what you want to be able to do, especially against a team like that that's very good at penetration. So, um, you know, I could go all day about you know, things I don't like, uh, about what we do offensively, but you know they've been successful, and so uh, like you said, we're gonna be a little picky. I'm gonna be a little picky because I, you know, I'm a guy that you know I, I love running the football, football runner. That's what I want to do, block guy. So I know if I'm sitting over there, I know guys also thinking on offensive line, like Trey Smith was blocking in the end zone for the one. I mean, he's just he's coming off the ball, right? Yeah. With I was like, dang, God, great play, right? But. You know, Trey's coming off the ball. He's kicking, he's kicking tail. That's what he's supposed to do. So, mm-hmm. I don't know, man. It's just – it's tough. It's frustrating when you see that. But, hey, you got to win, right? And he's a thing that you can build on, you can work on every single week. And the, and the Chiefs are going to do that. They're going to evaluate this field, come back and see what they need to work on as far as the, the coaching staff and guys uh, in, the, in, the, in, in the backfield, uh, what you need to do better. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And, yeah. A win is a win. Whether ugly or not, a win is a win. Um so, you know, talk, moving to the defensive side of things, um, obviously 
they were kind of shorthanded. Uh, no Cooper Cup. Um, their running back situation has been kind of in flux all season. Uh, Cam Akers wanted out. Uh, Terrell Henderson got cut. They kept, uh, you know, Cam Akers came back. Um, then the, down to the third string quarterback, Bryce Perkins. Really cool story, by the way. Uh, I didn't know about his, you know, broken neck. Uh, you know, did, didn't uh, didn't touch, didn't play football for six months. Came back with a JUCO, um, and then ended up going to uh, UVA for football. So really cool story for that, for that quarterback. Um, and it's cool he got he got passing touchdown today. But in situations like this, you need to handle business, right? Whether regardless, you said JD, these guys, everyone's getting paid to play football. They're getting paid to win. So. You beat the team that you should beat, and we did today. Um, yeah. Hell, this guy to 100 yards passing, one touchdown, two picks, um, and then collectively they had 28 carries for 116 yards uh, rushing. Um, mainly, the I think the quarterback had about seven carries for 40 yards. Um, so, what did you what did you think of the uh, the defenses played today against um, Bryce Perkins and the Rams? I, mean, I thought they did. I thought they did pretty decent. You know, like you said, the guy gets paid, so. You know, this guy came out, he, I think he gave it his all, uh, shorthanded as far as, like, throwing the ball to. You know, he, he, shoot, he made some yards with his legs. <laughs> shoot, yeah. I was actually impressed. I'm like, man, this guy kind of looks pretty good. The mm-hmm. thing is, he's another guy that, you know, when you have a guy like this, he needs an opportunity. He's not getting any opportunities, right? And so you, you knew it was going to be a tough, you know, uh, battle for him, you know, uphill battle, you know, for him to come and make yards and make a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of plays. But I thought he did a decent job, right? But, I think the Chiefs defense did a, a, a wonderful job, tremendous job. Uh, shoot, but they had to pull things out. They had like at, at the back. They threw the one uh, fake, uh, uh, the fake punt pass. Fake punt, yeah, which worked to perfection. Okay, so sometimes what you what you end up doing, and I, I, I do believe I know this to be true, that a team that you know you're supposed supposed to be, you may just slack off just a little bit, maybe just somewhere, right? Because it's just like, oh, man, this thing is, is too easy. Uh, and I, I don't know if guys altered and lost a little bit of focus. Uh, I may see that the, there's little pockets there, these things. But, hey, shoot, I think they did a pretty decent job against this guy. Yeah, uh, I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go even further back from the, just the beginning of this game. Uh, since the second half of the Chargers game last week, the Chiefs have only allowed two touchdowns in their last six quarters. Um, so I'm going to give them a lot of credit for that because I think that's, at the end of the day, stylistically you want to see them not give up multiple fourth round, fourth uh, down conversions, especially to a quarterback who's never started in this league before. Ideally, you don't want to see that kind of stuff happen. Uh, but the Chiefs also have over 20, 20 sacks in the last five games. So they're averaging well over uh, three sacks a game over the last month and change. So they're getting to the quarterback. They're not allowing a ton of points. Uh, and something else that I want to I want to be said as well, because tonight wasn't really about the pass defense because we knew that Perkins wasn't going to light up the scoreboard with, with throws. This is going to be a run-heavy game. Uh, but I, I do want to give uh, some context to the Chiefs' defense as a whole, especially in the pass side of things. So I was hearing a lot of people, um, uh, Nick Lowry, the, the great Chiefs kicker from back in the day, was on a show out here in Kansas City. He was talking about how he thinks that maybe a potential weakness for the defense is the pass game. The problem with that, though, is that the Chiefs have given up the second most passing touchdowns this season. But uh, what is it, nine now, nine touchdowns, nine of those passing touchdowns came when the Chiefs were up double digits. So I'm not going to sit here and talk about this defense as that they got a true weakness because I don't really think they do. They're getting to the quarterback. They have two of the most skilled linebackers and productive linebackers in the entire NFL. 
And then you're talking about a secondary that has first-round picks, Trent McDuffie, and and and, and, uh, and two guys, Joshua Williams, uh, Jalen Watson, and then Legereus Sneed doing what they're doing right now, uh, playing as well as they did. Legereus Sneed, I was, I was afraid he was going to have a concussion. He ended up playing, being all right and making big plays in the corner. I mean, I swear, every time he gets a corner, every time he does a corner blitz, something positive comes from it. I absolutely love if they can extend Legereus Sneed tonight, they better freaking do it because this guy is such a pivotal piece to this team every single year and has been since day one. But I'm overall pleased, and I'm going to give a ton of credit to Steve Spagnolo. He's uh, this has been his most challenging year, in my opinion, as a defensive coordinator, especially here in Kansas City, because he's not had those veteran players just to rely on this season. He's had a lot of young guys. Brian Cook was getting a ton of action. He got a sack tonight as well. You know, you're seeing a lot of young guys step up. That's not uh, a normal Steve Spagnolo thing. That's not on brand for a Spagnolo defense. It's a lot of veterans. That's not this year, and these guys are stepping up and they're making big plays. So credit to them for not only what they've done in this game, but a lot of games this season. We've seen them play big time against the Niners, against the Bucks, against the Chargers, other good teams, and they've done their job, man. So growing pains, frustration at times, but overall, I couldn't be happier about what this defense has done, especially in the score column. Yeah, you know what I, I would say is uh, kind of piggybacking off of, of Spags, like right here, like teaching the young guys. So it's either it's either or. Either got a lot of like vets on the team, or you got like guys who are young guys, like like Spags got. And these guys only know what they know. That's what I love about it, because he's like, okay, I can mold these guys into who I want them to be. Okay, they don't know anything. They just get into the NFL. Let me mold these guys about how they should play, who you should be when you're out there playing, and he knows them. Right, because he's he he's nurturing these guys to be these guys. This is what it, and I, I could just imagine what the what the conversation is in the meetings these guys play. And so if you believe in it and you guys got confidence like they do, Spags is he's he's getting these guys ready. You can you can see it, he's been doing it all year. But these guys are just getting better and better and better. And so I think sometimes when you have that we're young guys because they don't know anything else, right? We just, well, sure. I didn't know I wasn't supposed to be good. I didn't know I wasn't supposed to cover digs. Yeah, he's supposed to cover digs. And he's supposed to win. Yeah, he's supposed to go against this guy. And he's supposed to win. And mm-hmm. so you start getting that, the, the belief in these guys. Like, okay, well, shoot. If coach believes in me. He, he says I can do it. Then I deserve to be here. I can do this. And so you get these young guys all thinking on the same page about this. I think this is the result, right? And I, I think Lance makes a great point about it. You know, when you're talking about the secondary, young secondary, I, I don't look at that as being uh, 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 an Achilles heel on this team. I think these guys are playing phenomenal football right now. And I'm really pleased as far as, like, where they're at and where they can go right now. Seriously. Yeah. I can't wait to see how these guys progress. But from the beginning of season two, when we get to playoffs, more so from the sophomore season. I can't wait to see these guys in year two. Uh, I, I think these guys have come out so strong in this fr- in this freshman season for these guys, this rookie season. But next year, I think they're going to be they're going to be we're going to be in good hands for a while with, with with the young guys we got in this draft class. We're going to look to this draft class. I think is one of the draft classes that kind of defined us in like that second in that second part of Mahomes' career after you know the first four years, the sec- the second part. You know, um, so I, I, we're going to look at this draft class as the one that you know took us to that next level with our defense. Um, but. All right, well, guys, uh, that comes to a close of uh, the Chiefs-Rams game. Uh, ugly win, but we pulled out a dub. Um, next week, traveling to Cincinnati, baby, and that's going to be that's gonna be a good one. I think Jamar Chase will be back for that game. He almost suited up for this one, but I think they're like, well, one more week, let's get you back to Kansas City. So uh, we'll have our hands full with that one, um, and that'll be, that'll be a fun game. Um, so, and J.D. and I will preview that this week uh, on that Chief Concerns. 
Lance, I'm sure you got something in store for uh, everybody out there for um, your episode next week. What do you got? What do you, what do you got on, on tap for uh, next Saturday? A lot, a lot of fun things. Let me just let me just say real quick, uh, two guys I want uh, when I want to throw out there credit wise for Harrison Butker. He's made his last seven field goals and his last five PATs. We've talked about that about that being a concern. He's been nails these last two weeks. Let's hope he keeps that up. It looks like that ankle's finally healing up. Also, a little fun stat I like to post every week when it's when it's relevant. The Chiefs are now forty nine and three in games that they hold their opponent to less than 27 points in the Patrick Mahomes era. Just wanted to put that out there as well. They continue to up that ante, man. It's a, it's an historic thing we're seeing here. I hope everybody's enjoying it. I know today was a ho-hum victory. I know it's a 16-point victory that felt very meh. But you know what, guys? It's a it's a victory nevertheless, and the Chiefs are moving on. And Saturday at 11 o'clock a.m. Central Standard Time at the Spoken Podcast, we will be live streaming on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, everywhere you can find us. We're going to talk a lot of Chiefs, guys, because this is, in my opinion – not to give too much away, this is the last final big game for the Chiefs this season. If you look at the rest of their schedule, it's PUD, man. This Bengals team is for real. They're a really good team. They'll have Joe Mixon and Jamar Chase back. I'm fully expecting that. They're going to come for blood, man. If you guys forgot, they went 0-2 against the Chiefs last year, and it's going back to their house where the Chiefs took a regular season L. So I know this game's going to matter to both these teams big time, and I can't wait to unpack and get, tell you guys what I think is going to happen. And I can't wait to hear what you guys have to say at the Chief Concern Podcast as far as what you guys think is going to happen as well. So it's good that E-Dub's back, man. I've, I've really missed him. I, I love you guys' show this week. Keep up the great work, and as always, thank you guys for having me on. Appreciate it, brother. My prediction: Chiefs win. Chiefs win. That's your prediction. There it is. That's, that's, I, that's what it's going to be saying. That's what that's exactly. What it's be like. Man, look, hey, listen, but man, I always appreciate the input, man. You know what? This this has been a blessing, man. Seeing you on here and having this, this conversation with you, uh, do a, a tremendous job with all your work, man. And everybody on the uh, the spoken podcast, man. Tell everybody I said what's up. Uh, hope you get on there sometime soon, man. To say hi. Uh, my grandson's been having a uh, basketball games on Saturday during that time. So, uh, whenever you got time, you let me know. We'll have you on. I promise you. Okay. Good deal. Good deal. Right. Awesome, fellas. I will say, Lance, you kind of uh, you went against everything we just said on the show about how you know these, there's no slashes in the NFL. Then all of a sudden, you said it's uh, Bengals are our last, uh, our our last uh, a tough opponent this year. Look at this guy. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, well, we gotta go with the shoe on. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> they all tough. They all tough. Yeah. <laughs> Look, right, I, I, Chiefs are everybody's Super Bowl, man. I'm telling you, like that. That's you, you want to get some clout. You want to get a little bit pat on the back. Beat the Chiefs. Come and yeah. come and play your a game. We know the Bengals going to do it. We know that. Uh, we got some form. We we we, we own milkers. We do. Yeah. So. That's true. We we do have a chip on our shoulder for the last two games we played with them, and they they were pretty chippy with us too. They, were, they talked a lot of crap in those games. So uh, definitely, Mahomes. Everything, everything we know about Mahomes. He definitely stores that stuff in, in, in the mind, and he'll, he'll get you back for it. So it'll be exciting. Yes, sir. But all right, guys. I hope you guys have a good week, and we'll see you guys on our on our shows Thursday for Chief Concerns and Saturday for um, for Lance, the Spoken Podcast. So we'll see you guys on this next Sunday after the Bengals game. Take it Absolutely. easy. Hi, everybody. Thanks for watching. Subscribe here to get the latest from the show. Also, be sure to check out the best clips from Chief Concerns. And if you prefer to listen to the show, subscribe and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you get podcasts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.